Hi, everyone, and welcome to another Fiverr New Podcast. On this episode, we speak with Suzette and Ronnie Seaton of Fiverr New Sunflower in the Kansas City area. Suzette and Ronnie are just entering their sixth year of business, and last year they did $450,000 in revenue. The Seatons operate a full-service business. They do repairs and restoration. They do sewing, panel replacements, foam replacements, mechanism repair, almost anything and everything that will help their clients. They work in a multitude of markets, so they work in the residential, commercial, automotive, and aviation space, and they do a lot of work in the medical arena as well. They become the go-to people for medical furniture restoration for a number of their clients because of their willingness to do anything and everything in order to help their client out. One of the most striking things about the Seatons is their attitude and their willingness to say and think yes. They talk about how they wish they had said no in some situations, but how they're able to learn from that and apply it differently the second time around. And they're always willing to ask for help or do research on their own in order to get the job done. The other key takeaway about the Seatons is how much they talk about their business. They don't come from a sales background. Ronnie was a process engineer in manufacturing and Suzette was an office administrator. But their lack of sales experience has not stopped them from growing their business. Their willingness to get on the phone, to talk to the right people, to get out there, shake hands and meet people, and really it's about asking the right questions to find out who to talk to is one of the key things that Ron talks about. I would classify Ronnie as an introvert. He's a man of very few words, but he knows what words to use and what questions to ask in order to get the job done. The Seatons are all about calm and cool confidence and working hard. So without further ado, we hope you enjoy this podcast. Cheers. First, just want to say thank you for joining us on this podcast. And as a place to start, what were you guys up to today? Here we are at the end of your day, but can you just walk us through what today looked like for you? Sure. I'm going to start. Um, we had shop work today, no mobile work. So my tech and I started out um, in our dye shop. We had an ottoman to repair a big tear in. We were finishing up a pretty good size uh, project of leather couch and two chairs and ottoman from last week, putting all the parts back together. It's completely re-dyed and cured over the weekend. And so he was putting arms and bases back on today. And next we uh, started on, let's see, we had a car seat. RV feed in here that we had to strip the cover on and re-sew a seam. And we had a couple other little things in the shop and then Ron and the tech packed up and they went and did a repair on a medical bed about an hour away from here. So we had a uh, third party repair. And they got okay. back here and did several other small things in the shop. I taught him how to do a very large sub patch on a piece of leather and sharpen some scissors. We have a scissor sharpener that we use a lot, so that's kind of a technical thing. I don't know how to use it, but the guys do. Um, Ron, okay. had, um, <laughs> Ron was able to take off this morning early and go to his uh, doctor's appointment because we're able to schedule 
those things as we need to, being self-employed. And then he went to a car lot that we do some sewing uh, replace, replacement panels on some fabric seats. He took out two seats out of a couple of pickups, brought them back to the shop. Um, our upholsterer and his helper disassembled them, sewed in new panels, and got them back together this afternoon. Um, okay. That, that was raw and iron, our tech work. Um, our upholsters work in-house. Monday through Thursday, and we service a very large hospital that we recover in-room sleepers and recliners, and that is their their basic job that they do every week is uh, reupholstery for this hospital. Gotcha. Okay. We had a full day. Wow. Yeah. We and I was from able to Red- work in the office, um, schedule, do my invoicing. Ron worked on emails from the weekend. He, we had a lot this weekend, probably seven or eight. Okay. To uh, quote estimate funds over the weekend, and was able to work in the office a half a day myself, and okay. then along with my my pet. <laughs> Who's your pet? No, my tech. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said your pets. I, I, I my technician. No, I don't have any. <laughs> no, we don't have any pets That's anymore. That's great. So it, it, you went from residential work, um, being you know the ottoman you're working on, to some medical work, to, to working on a car lot, bringing that back, a little bit of admin work, and then some sales work, re- responding to emails and whatnot. It's uh, it, you're right. That was a full day for sure. Is um, is there a typical week for you guys in terms of scheduling? I mean, was this a typical Monday for you, or is there um, such thing as, as a workflow throughout your week or your day even? Well, I'm trying to have a typical schedule um, for myself because since we've hired our technician, I'm trying to get a little bit out of the hands-on um, mobile work. So he's learning okay. the mobile work. He's worked a lot in the shop, so he's doing really well on the residential when I get in on the color and procedures, but I'm working him towards being more self-sufficient mobile. So Mondays I try to keep us in the shop so that I can um, spend time getting paperwork ready and uh, priorities ready with the upholstery part of our business with our pollster and his helper so they know what they have to do for the week for the hospital and residential sewing. Um, okay. I try to go out one or two days mobile. We do not have a real booming mobile business. But when we go, we're out all day, and we may have six or eight, nine, ten stops, so not all jobs, but estimates and deliveries, what have you, because our our shop is probably 45 minutes anywhere to our territory. So we've got okay. a lot of windshield time. Let's right. try one, one full day mobile, um, restaurant type work, um, medical clinic type work. Ron takes care of all of that where he installs final on site. Um, he's also teaching our technician that. And so the two of them do that type of work. We, they do the cleanings for warranty companies, um, any other type warranty repairs, 
the two of them take care of that. And then on Friday, um, our shop is closed, so the upholsters and our technician only work Monday through Thursday. On Fridays, Ron makes delivery and pickups to our hospital. Ah, so. okay. And has that been dictated by the hospitals themselves, or is that just what works for your workflow in terms of how you piece it all together? How did that Friday? That the Friday came about because uh, they have a designated person uh, that gets X amount of time to go and write up all the work orders for the furniture that needs to be repaired. Okay. So that work gets done Monday through, say, Thursday or in the Friday morning. So they accumulate those chairs and bring them down uh, to a room, a storage room, where I, I take back what's been reupholstered, and then I pick up what needs repaired. Gotcha. Or, or repaired. We do both. We repair all the mechanisms. Uh, we do the vinyl repairs on them. If they need casters, cylinders, whatever they need. We do all that. Oh, good for you. And so is that every single Friday? Is that the way that works? Every, you're just there? every single okay. Friday. Good for you. Okay. So let's just dive into it because, I mean, you guys are known as the medical team by and large. I mean, you, you know, anyone who's looking to have questions answered on medical, you, you're quite often the, the go-to people for it. So let, let's dissect the medical side a little bit more. And I know that's, you know, a portion of the work you do, but I know it's a big one. How did you first get into medical uh, and and where is it with you now, I guess? I know, so you started with one hospital, I believe? Yes, is that correct? we started with one hospital. Um, okay. With the physical therapy department, uh, the new manager Googled and found FiberNew and wanted to compare what it would cost to repair versus buying new medical furniture. Okay. And this was this was in our second month <laughs> of FiberNet. We met her. Okay. <laughs> so we did so, some repairs, mm -hmm. and they turned into other departments. Got it. Okay. And and um, did you have to go and introduce yourself to other departments, or, or did word start to spread? I guess after you got in, or how did that work? Well, there's a, there's a funny story to that, Jesse. When, one day when I was out in my van and trailer making uh, pickups of furniture, the facilities manager was in front of me, and he looked in his rearview mirror and seen fiber new, and he seen our a wrap on the vehicle, okay, and our phone number, and so okay. he said, you know, he was. This particular hospital was getting complaints because of the shape of the furniture it was in, and in, in the rooms they were in horrible shape. They were in, so you know as 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 the patients were filling out these surveys, you know they kept getting bad marks on the furniture, and it was up, and they left it up to him to solve the problem. And it just so happened, you know I'm behind him that day, and he he looks in his rearview mirror and sees us, calls us, you know, and then we set up a meeting and uh, discussed, you know, pricing and what we could do for them, and uh, our relationship just grown quite a bit over time. Just went from there. Good for you. Yep. Okay. And, you know, we've done, every, we, we've done all this business with K, KU Hospital 
on a handshake, you know. Early on, they tried to find other people. You know, they tried to replace us a couple different times trying to think of pricing, or, but they never could find the service that we gave. And uh, they always, you know, they just gave up because nobody else, you know, we were, we're always right there whenever they need it. Okay, great. And so those very first jobs, was it um, repairing, you said it was just damage to the, the actual vinyl itself, and then that branched off? I mean, you talked about mechanism repair and caster repair and, and, and from there. Can we talk about the, the evolution of the type of work you guys have been doing right from the start and then where you're up to today? That's correct. It started out as, as vinyl repairs. And then, you know, then it got into the upholstery side of things. We did do some of the woodwork for a while, but then uh, they asked us, you know, the arms just keep getting damaged. You know, the varnish comes off and the, the lacquer finish gets bent. That's a sore. So uh, Suzette and I told them away, well, why don't we just wrap those arms in a in a vinyl? So we, we sew custom covers for those wood arms of you know, it solves that problem. They don't have that contact with wood anymore. They have a source for spores or, or germs. Right. So and, and okay. so it just kept it just kept taking those kind of steps as well, can you guys do this? And yeah, you know, we always we'd always say, Yes, we can do that. And then it <laughs> got to the point where uh, you know, their maintenance people didn't have time to work on chairs. And then so the the people that sold them the chairs uh, kept accumulating those chairs in their warehouse because they didn't want to fix them. They just wanted to sell them new ones. So the day came, they said, well, can you go over to John Marshall and take a look at what they got over there? Well, oh, my God, it was, you know, there was probably 50 chairs in there that we could repair. So, you know, it just got to be a trust factor. after that. I said, man, these guys can repair all this stuff. So it frees up their maintenance guys that they're not putting on casters or they're not stocking parts for these chairs. We do that. Okay. It's, it's grown so, beyond what I, I can even imagine. I never <laughs> in my thought would it grow this quickly to this level. Yeah, it's, in, it's incredible how it just blossomed and kept kept snowballing, right? Uh, and and just getting yeah. bigger and bigger in terms of what you can do. That That's great. And I'm, I'm guessing a, a big component of that was your guys' attitude to say yes and then figure out a way to do it. And, and, you know, I mean, I'm sure a lot of this work was stuff you hadn't done before, but you just knew that you, you could figure out a way to do it. Is that a safe assumption? Yeah. On a lot of what you're asked? Um, yeah. I tell people that Ron can fix anything because he'll put, <laughs> you know, he'll, he'll evaluate it and he'll process it. And he's a problem solver, and early on, that's what Jake told us we needed to do. We need to be problem solvers. And Ron and our upholster, Danny, they do a wonderful job of figuring out how to do these things that we've never seen before. Good for you. Yeah, it's, it's all about attitude with that stuff. And how, where did you guys start to source materials, be it the, the actual vinyl itself or the casters and mechanisms? How did you piece that? component together when you started taking this work on? Uh, as far as running down parts and, and the, having the mm -hmm. right material and things that, that, you know, we just got on the phone and we asked a lot of questions. 
And a lot of, there's always somebody out there that's got an answer. You know, somebody could help you with what you needed to know. And, you know, our supplier, which is Birch Fabric, you know, they, we didn't use them early on, but, you know, as time evolved, we, we kept, we changed suppliers till we found one that really is a lot more help to us than what we were trying to do. And as far as casters and stuff, you know, I found a guy out of St. Louis. Uh, he, he can get me any kind of part caster I need for any of these chairs or uh, stretchers or any of that kind of stuff, too. And then we have a foam supplier that, you know, he helps me be able, because now we make stretcher pads for the hospital. And and now, they, you know, we make these wedges for these uh, big beds or these big mattresses. So, you know, anymore, you know, like, Biomed will just call us if they have a problem. They, if they need something solved or if they feel like they're getting overpriced, you know, they're getting the prices too high on some of the stuff they buy, they'll ask us to bid it. Okay, so you're, you're just the go-to person no matter what now when it comes to medical furniture in, in these places. Okay. And you've mentioned the word... The ho- Go ahead. Since the hospital, we've probably been referred now by five satellite clinics. So there's the Cancer Center, the Heart Center, the uh, MedWest, different satellite buildings that are all right. affiliated with the hospital. So now we're getting all that work. Good for you. Good for you. So how many hospitals and, and medical facilities on your client list today? Well, out of KU, there's there's five or six, and then okay. we have we have we have some steady clinics, big doctor clinics that we do, and I think we have four other hospitals that we do work for, but not to the level like KU hospital. Right. Okay. Wow. And Suzette, when you were describing your day today, we we were talking about the residential work you're doing and, and, you know, some, mm-hmm. some automotive stuff. Uh, I know you guys have done some aviation as well, but let's just stick to the medical side. What, what portion of, of your overall work is in medical right now? If, if we were to break it down, do you think okay. it would be, um, can, would it be? Yeah, I can safely say that KU hospital is half of our monthly income just that one hospital. And then, you know, then the other half is there's some more upholstery work because we do a lot of panel replacement on couches and, and automobile seats. Okay. And then the other, I would say a third, the two-thirds, and then the other third, the two-thirds, would be actual fiber new redying, mobile work. Uh, We do a lot of full restoration on furniture, so complete re-dyes, and those are picked up and brought through our dye shops. Now, we've talked about, so you two doing work, um, Suzette, you talked about doing some office work, and then we talked about an upholsterer and a technician. So could, could we just, for the sake of clarity, describe to everyone your kind of workforce, I guess, and um, okay. vehicles on the road as opposed to shop work, and let's, let's just talk about that a little bit. Okay. Um, Ron and I, of course, are hands-on and still doing, you know, we have our hands-on everything. Ron's either picking it up um, and taking it back where Jed, Mark, or tech name is Jed, 
And so he works four days a week, and he is doing the fiber new end of our business. He's a okay. contracted employee, so he is not our employee. Right. Our upholster, Danny, he is contracted, and he has an employee. So there's five of us in the building. Okay. Um, and then the um, the shop itself is is in 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 your yard at your place, correct? Yes. yes okay. We have and, a, a dye shop, and then the other side we call the upholstery shop and storage. Upholstery and storage, great. Okay. And you said there's a lot of windshield time, a lot, a lot of driving time, so. Um, when it comes to doing customer site visits, whether it be quoting or sales calls, do you have a flow for that in, in your week, or is it just a matter of basically slipping it in when you can? So if you're in a particular area of the city, you know, slipping in quoting at that point, or do you make a deliberate effort to, to schedule sales calls and quoting at this point? Um, so Ron and I, either one, will be doing the quoting an estimate. So it just depends on what day he or I are in what area. Okay. Fair enough. And another question that's coming up more and more is quoting over email. And you mentioned, you know, you get quite a few requests for service through email. Are you in a position now where you're quoting specifically or only over email or are you still making you know, on-site visits to, to do the quoting itself? Or does it just depend on it the de job, I guess? It depends on the job. It, if it's just somebody, quote, somebody sends me a photo of a cat scratches on a on one cushion or, you know, just a, a car seat panel that needs replaced, we quote that over email. But if, we're, if somebody's looking for restoration of the furniture, we always want to go by and, and give them that quote. And because you want to, you know, if they're going to spend that kind of money, they don't want, I don't like giving it to them just over the email. I think that's, you're not going to sell that job that way. You're going to have to sell that job in person. You got to explain what we're going to do, our service. And they also want, I think the customer wants to see a face. And it's, it's a good way to start that conversation. And it always, it seems a little less business-like like that. You kind of learn a little bit about them, and they learn a little bit about you. Absolutely. In previous podcasts, when um, I, I talked to uh, Al Krinjak, he would do signs. Basically, he would look at the, the car in the driveway. He'd look at their house. He'd kind of start to understand what this person is about even before he enters the house in terms of um, you know what, what they'd be willing to spend. I know, and then Matt Schmidt, does kind of more of a sentimental question where he goes, well, you know, tell me about the couch. Is this something that that's of, of uh, sentimental value to you? Is it something that's just kind of more of a, a temporary piece? And those are all things you obviously can't do over email. Needless to say, you, you got to make that site visit and, uh, and get yeah, to know the person. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's right. Cause you're going to get a good feel for that person. As soon as you walk in the house or, or like, Val said, as soon as you pull up to the curb, you're gonna you're gonna have a pretty good idea what you got. What, you know whether the person's gonna do it or are they just 
you know, kicking the tires. Right. Right. And when it comes to, you said cat scratches, um, and, and when you are able to quote over emails, it just jobs that you've done so many times that you just know what the, what the score is, I guess. Is it just kind of based on experience or what makes that criteria for, for quoting over email? Well, when we quote over email, we kind of give them a um, range quote a lot of times. So then that way, if we get out there and we see it's a little bit more labor than what we had estimated, we've got a little bit of money to work with. Yeah, I think after you do so many of the same thing over and over, you've got a really good idea of how long it's going to take you to do the job and base your pay on how long it takes. Exactly. Okay. Great. Um, let's talk a little bit about the makeup of your territory, because um, you guys have more than one territory, so you've, you, it's it's fairly big geographic uh, in a geographic sense. But can we t also talk about demographics in terms of um, the type of businesses you're working with, um, and then maybe a little bit about the demographics on on the consumer side, the residential side as well. Well, when we first bought the territory that we looked at you know the medium income in 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 the territory we were looking at okay so since we were the first one in the area we had the advantage of taking the area with the highest medium income so as we've grown with the business then you know we bought another half a territory because of the uh of it's an area called the hospital hill and and KU Hospital and all that was in that area, plus the downtown airport. So, with the with the second with the second territory we bought, had more to do with the commercial side of things. Where the first ter our original territory is more of the based on more residential. Okay. Okay, great, and and. Um I guess with, with your drive time being 45 minutes away, do you live outside of your territory? Is that how that works? Or is it just that big that there's that drive time inside of your territory? Um, we're west of our territory about 15 minutes per se. Okay. Okay. But the, the main county of our territory is 30 to 45 minutes. Got it. Okay. We live and in the actually country. Here, Right. And the question I've, I've often wondered about is, is the name Sunflower, is that, where, where does that come from? Well, is if it, I'd known what I know now, it would have been Fiber New Kansas City. But originally, Kansas City was not part of our territory. Okay. And since we bought the second territory, we have Kansas City, Kansas, and we have Kansas City, Missouri now. Sunflower is the state flower for Kansas. Got it. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So very, very localized term for sure. Now I understand. Yeah, there's, I, a, I there's a lot of sunflower this and sunflower <laughs> that around, around here. Okay. All right. Um, what, um, what are some of the, the key things you guys could contribute uh, or attribute rather to your clientele list that you have today? You know, we, we talked about vehicle wraps, we talked about uh, the website, but are, are there other kind of key factors if you were to list them 
that has brought you to, to your, your clientele today. Does anything wow. stick out for you? Um, be it be it maybe a home show or if you've done any you know business networking business networking groups rather, um, or is it just a matter of you know getting out and shaking hands and introducing yourself? I think it's our faith, Jesse. Your faith. Faith is what okay. faith is what yeah faith is what led us to buy Ibernet. Okay. And you know, uh, it's more handshaking and. Early on, you know, Google AdWords wasn't really going, hadn't even really started yet. And right. So it, we continued on with knocking on doors and shaking hands and, and talking to people about our business. And uh, But it, it's a lot of old-fashioned doing business, just shaking hands and meeting people. There, there's no replacement for it, is there? <laughs> just, no. no. Okay. And was it talking to car dealerships, furniture stores? When, when you first started, who, who were you shaking hands with and who were you talking to off the, off the hop? Uh, we, we went to about every car dealer there was. We went to furniture stores. We did all that. I think it's just constantly finding a new place to go knock on a door. You know, we didn't have any luck with car lots. Just we have a, a Dr. Vinyl's headquarters is right here in Kansas City, and mm -hmm. uh, they've been doing these car lots for 30 plus years, and they they just weren't about to change. We just, just until the last year, we've got a steady customer in a car lot, and it's been that long. And it's upholstery, though. Okay. Uh, Suzette, I, I, I've heard you say before that it, it's your belief that everyone on the planet can use our services. So that really means that there's no limit to who you can talk to, I guess. Um, no, and it sounds not. like that's what you guys have done. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, what about restaurants? How did that start to come into your to your business? We got into restaurants early on. Um, really okay. good experience with vinyl um, for anybody starting out. Restaurant booths are easy to sew and easy to take off and put on. Actually, early on, we had a couple of uh, outsourced uh, upholsters, but we had bought a sewing machine. So one winter, we weren't real busy, and I started sewing restaurant booth covers. We had a lot more okay. profit margin there. So that, that's something I would recommend to anybody wanting to get into the upholstery business early on. Um, that's a great start. Okay, great. Um, we talked a little bit about competition in the automotive space, and Ron, you were alluding to hospitals trying to replace you. What do you have for competition in, in your area? How does in that the work? hospital side of things, it's it's Dr. Vinyl because he's got. We're, we are into the children's hospital here but not the whole hospital. We only have the biomed department. And that's because the biomed department got so tired of Dr. Vinyl's repairs and attitude toward them. He, uh, he has the attitude like, you need me, you know, more than I need you kind of thing. And uh, biomed just said, you know what, well, we're going to look for somebody else. So they, you know, they found us. Actually, we, actually the way we got 
into uh, Children's Mercy Biomed is I went in. I knew I couldn't get very far into the hospital, but I checked with a security guard, and I said, hey, look, I, I need to get hold of somebody in Biomed. Can you give me the number? And he gave me the number, so I got on the phone right there by the guard station, got a hold of somebody in there, said, hey, I look, I know you guys are busy, but can you give me an email of who's in charge to make decisions for, you know, uh, repairs or reupholstery, and they gave me an email address. And I emailed that person, and it wasn't, the timing must have been right because it wasn't but a week or two later they contacted us. So we got into that part of the hospital, but I can't get into the rest of it because I'm not sure what's going on upstairs. I can't even get them to try us, but I'm going to keep trying. I'm not going to give up. Good for you. Great. So when you got that email response back, was it um, they wanted to meet you or did they immediately have work they wanted you to quote on? What, what was the next step? Do you remember? They immediately, yeah, they immediately had a piece of work they wanted to, wanted to try us on. Okay, perfect. And, and they were, at, and, and, and now that, that department's kind of turned into like KU. They don't have the work as the biomed department at KU, but you know what? It, it takes time sometimes to... But to get them to that same level like we have with KU where they just call us for everything, say, hey, Ron, can you solve this? Hey, can you make this? You know, we haven't got to that level with the children's hospital yet, but, uh, you know, I think someday we will. If if you're there so often and your name appears, you know, whether it be your, your vehicle in the parking lot or, you know, invoices or business cards that are floating around, it, it's bound to happen. Absolutely. Right, and I look at the, you know, going going in and out of uh, KU Hospital, my van's there all the time, and now they recognize me or they know my name. You know, I mean, I talk to all these guys, and, you know, and it's turned into other work, you know, for for them personally. Good for you. You're, you're like uh, Norm on Cheers when you walk in. Everybody shouts Ronnie. When you walk into the yeah. hospital now, <laughs> I can, yeah. I can see I know it. a lot of them now. It's kind of funny. <laughs> uh, that's great. Um, we've talked about you guys doing panel replacements and sewing. We talked about the mechanisms. We talked about doing, obviously, all the, all the core fiber new work. We talked about foam replacements. We've talked about, I mean, so many different aspects of the business and so many different skills. Um, what have you guys done to keep learning and keep expanding your knowledge base and, and therefore expanding your, your service base? Is it, is it, is there anything in particular or is it just having, having the right attitude and then figuring out a way to do it? You know, I mean, Suzette talked about selling you, Ron, as the guy who can fix anything. Are you just naturally a mechanically inclined kind of guy? Um, Yes, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, okay. All right. And, and Suzette, would, would you describe yourself as someone in, in a similar sense in terms of just, you know, where there's a will, there's a way? Oh yeah, definitely. I'm not afraid to get in there and figure out how to make something work. Um, I've kind of had a opportunity lately with a 18 wheeler semi truck um, company. They buy, lease, sell, and teach in their facility. Okay. okay. And so now I've, I know how to take off uh, control panels off of the dash of a semi. 
I do a lot of hot plastic repairs for them. Um, we learned how to use different tools to take off different things. And so every time he calls, he said, I need you to do some of your magic. So they can't <laughs> believe the repairs that can be done. And, you know, they just call Fiber New. I, you know, like we learned in class, you want Fiber New to be a household thing. And have you guys ever gotten to a situation where you said yes and you wish you would have said no? <laughs> oh yeah, several times. <laughs> of course um, you have, yeah. Yeah, we several projects, but that's how you learn. You know, unless you get your hands dirty and get in there and try, you're not going to learn, and you're not going to learn to say no if you don't do it. Any any that stick yeah. out in, in terms of uh, you know memorable ones that you wish you would have said no on? Um. Yeah, we got into a situation with a, a dermatologist once where we we recovered some waiting room. We didn't recover. We redyed some waiting room furniture and vinyl. Vinyl. We and we it, it was should not. We shouldn't have done it. But she had some kind of a decorator involved, and oh, it just turned south like real quick and. I mean, it just it didn't end well, and we ended up having to walk away from it. But you know, we learned our lesson from that one, and and, and we had a and we've learned a lot about you know how uh, body oils and stuff and furniture. We know what to look for now. We know that we absolutely won't do some, and some we can kind of manage. But you know, uh, we don't have those coming back anymore like we had a couple times where. You know, there was just too much oil in there, and we should have replaced the panel, not tried to dye it or tried, tried to get it out. It just wasn't going to happen. Mm -hmm. I think it was you guys who posted a photo in the tech library on the back side of a, a leather panel on a headrest. Was that you, Suzette? Just yeah. to show the, the, how large the actual saturation area is on, on right. the back and sometimes, side. Sometimes you might... We, and we've missed them early on. We missed body oil in leather. There's nobody's dye going to stick to body oil. Mm -hmm. And so when we took that off, I um, took a picture of the back of it just so people could see. And Ron laughed at me, but I smell it. You can smell sweaty, dead body oil in leather. Oh, no. <laughs> so, you know, I smell it. You have a sniff there. test. No, I'm not, no, not going to dye it. <laughs> and that's <laughs> Do you get funny looks when you're in a customer's home and you're sniffing their furniture? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, okay. okay. Just tell them this but is you can method. see how far it went from the front to the back. And sometimes oh. you, you can get behind that leather and look at it. Of course, you're going to positively know there's oil in that leather and how bad it is. It, sometimes it was you incredible. Mm -hmm. and, and one thing I, I add to that is, is, is education to the customer we've learned so much about it that you know we had we can educate the customer on it where they're not think that we're just trying to throw in a new piece of leather because we want to charge them more money it's it's uh we're actually there's uh, some reason there for that do you do you go as far as showing pictures of, of that that backside panel or or do you have a standard script that um that you're telling customers in that situation? No, but I should use that because 
most people, um, what we've done probably the past year, though, is include in our bid, if we can remove the head oils, it's this much. If we can't remove it, a new panel will have to be placed. We will address that at that time, or we'll just tell them add this much more money if the panel has to be replaced. We did that this okay. morning, and we got the job. Okay. It's a, it's a really big project, three pieces over two grand. Okay, good for you. That kind of leads me into another thought process with, with quoting. Um, is that standard? Do you guys always give options or usually give options when you quote? Or um, are you a little bit more, you know, th this is the price, you know, we, let us know if you want to proceed? Or, mm -hmm. Okay. You know, sometimes and, you can, and, you know, sometimes if a furniture isn't too bad and you feel like, you know, they're not going to want to go toward a dye job, but maybe maybe you can sell them, hey, you know what, we'll add foam to the seat cushions, we'll stuff the back, and hey, it's going to it's gonna look a whole lot better than it does, you know, kind of sagging and, and that kind of stuff. So you don't try to walk away because you think you might strike out on the dying part, but maybe there's a piece of that you can get. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I know I, I understand you guys just just finished a year end, so we were um, talking about how that looked for you. Um, what was revenue last last year for you guys? Suzette's trying to get plugged in here, but I think it was I think it was four fifty two, Jesse. Four fifty two. That's great. Good good for you. Should be proud of yeah, that. I not believe and, it. And, yeah, and how much of an increase over last year? Do you remember last year's numbers? I'm just curious about growth. It was about 130,000 over last year. Wow. Wow, that, that's fantastic. And any projections for next year? <laughs> we yeah, right yeah. Well, you know, I, I really thought that January was going to be a slow month as we come off of doing the airplane and 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 that kind of thing. So I thought, you know, well, January's probably going to be a letdown. But, you know, January was really strong. Uh, and uh, and this month is really getting strong, too. So I'm, I really think that if, if by chance, if we get another airplane job, that we can beat this year. That's great. And... and Let's talk about that airplane job a little bit. I know that was a that was a big one. So can you just describe the project and how you guys were involved what, and what happened with it? Okay. Um, another person saw our van, <laughs> saw our wrap, and okay. called us. Okay. And again, he and he lived in this little town near us, so it didn't happen down in the heart of our territory. It happened right at home. So he called us and he leases out space to the company that let, you tell him, let him tell the story. But there were 218 coach seats, 218 seven days, redot clean, etch, redye and top coat. And then the 40 seats we had to do in phases. Um, there were five colors 
Suzette, I'm, I'm starting to lose you. You're kind of cutting in and out. Okay. I wonder. I'm gonna I'm gonna move because my headpiece died on me. I apologize. Uh, okay, no problem. Is that better? Where I'm at? That's much better. That's much better. Okay, yeah. I'll stay here. So yeah, so it took us approximately, I'm gonna say, three to four weeks to totally complete that project. Okay. And was it all done in your shop or in in? No, it was on um, site. On site. Okay. And there were four um, of us. Four of you, okay. And just because you were cutting in and out, it, it was um, a little bit of plastic repair and then obviously the on the leather component. Um, did we Yeah, the plastic was that, there was a lot of plastic repairs on the on the forty first class seats and there was five colors on those seats. So it was a lot of wow. detail. Okay. I bet. And, um, and the, was it all the plane? Was it? Go ahead, Roy. Go ahead. It was a 767. It was a it was a Boeing 767. Okay, that's great. And had, had you done much aviation work up until that point, or was this a new new venture for you? No, we've done several um, six nine seaters, um, some reupholstery too on um, the co pilot and co pilot seats things in the hangar, um, and we've done several where we picked up the six seizures and brought them to our shop. Got it. Okay. And I've heard Dan talk a lot about aviation leather. I mean, leather is leather. Um, whether you're working on it on a couch or in a car, was is there anything to be afraid of in, in the aviation space in terms of, of restoration work? Or I mean, it, it's all the same products and processes. Yes, no. Yes, there's just a lot more liability. Right. And then, of course, providing them with the burn certs. Of course, which we all have uh, easily available. So that's yes. good. And, and I have found a very good source for leather. Um, out this way, and it is aviation leather. Um, right. I get $135 a hide. Anybody that knows anything about pricing about leather will know that that's a very, very good price. I just drove an hour and bought eight or nine hides, no, six, seven hides for $900. Okay. That's great. I think uh, I think I'm going to have to get a suppliers list from you after this call because you've talked to yeah. so many different suppliers. So okay. Yeah, great. and I've uh, we use it on our furniture too. It's that good quality. Of course, it's all getting redyed, so doesn't matter what color. It's mostly tans anyway. So right. Okay. And um, what was the the final tally? On, on the invoice on that aviation job? Almost 60000 60000 Good for you. Man, oh, man. Yeah, 60, that was 60000 for for about three weeks worth of work, and that wasn't five days a week. That was mostly uh, three days a week, long, long days. Right, because, I mean, you had obviously other work to other customers yeah. to be doing at the same time. Yeah. Okay. It was rough. And I know if we get another plane, we're going to get some additional 
temporary help because it just about <laughs> killed me. Just about okay. killed me. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, let's talk a little bit about your lifestyle. We've, we've, we've thoroughly gone through your business. Um, I know you guys were, were avid uh, motorcyclists. Are you, do you still find time to, to do that? Can you, can you talk about some of your, your fun stuff that you do outside of Flapperty? Uh, we, did take a, we did take a motorcycle ride uh, two years ago. We went up to Canada, up, up by Calgary, and we stayed at a fellow Pibreneur's uh, condo. So we, you know, we went through all the parks and all that up there on the, in the Rockies. It was over a week long. It was a week and a half, two weeks long. It was a good trip. But uh, we didn't go anywhere last year. I think we focused mostly on the business last year. But, you know, I, my plan is I'm going to get the bike up, up and get it going really good and get it serviced. And I think we're going to get on it more this year. What kind of bike is it? The 2008 Road King. And we've, we've been on a lot of trips. Yeah, we've taken a lot of a long trips like that. And it, you know, last year we stayed focused with the business. I think that was our plan. And uh, now, now I think this year we're gonna we're gonna take a couple trips. Got to uh, enjoy the fruits of your labor for sure. Yeah, I think now that we've got a, uh, you know, we had a transition between the time we had Suzette's daughter working with us and she was our tech to you know, where we started training Jed last year. And it, and, and then from the time of January to June to the time he started, uh, Suzette and I were swamped because we were used to having that other person and we had to pick up that slack. So then then we got into the time where we started training Jed. And uh, so, you know, there was no time last year that we were going to fit it in. But, you know, what I'm leading to is that Jed is, is starting to get to be independent he can, he can, you can tell him what to do, and he can get it done. And it's taken a tremendous load off of Suzette and I, which in turn can help us in marketing and growing, where we don't feel like we're chasing our tail, and we can take a vacation. And we need it. <laughs> and well deserved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where are you going to go? Have you been thinking about, uh, you know, are you going to do some sun-seeking stuff, or what would be on your list? Well, I'm just curious. To me, getting on that motorcycle is not a vacation because when you come home, you're tired and you want to rest. Okay. <laughs> to me, a vacation is in the middle of the winter, you go to an island. And so that's what we had planned to do this winter, but Ron had a knee replacement. So maybe next winter. Okay. All right. That, we're going go to go to Toronto. So when the, the convention, we're going to take some extra days. And, uh, you know, there's some definitely things we'd like to see up there, so we're going to take some extra time during okay. that. Great. Yeah, there's a, just in the city itself, there's so much to see and do in the, in the surrounding area. So um, good for you to take advantage of it while you're all the way up there. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have a pool. That's what we like to do in the summer. We put in a new pool a couple of years ago and on Fridays. Ron does his deliveries, tries to get back midday. I do office work on Fridays. Of course, like I said, we have no 
no workers here, so I can get my billing caught up, and then I go to the pool. I've got three grandbabies, and they bring a lot of joy to my life, and basically what I want to do is lay at my pool and play with my grandbabies. Ah, <laughs> uh, that sounds great. <laughs> Good. We like to garden. We've had 20 acres, and we just enjoy our home setting, and that was another reason we chose not to get a storefront, but to go ahead and make everything, all of our outbuildings, work here for Fiber New. Did you guys build buildings, or did you have existing ones that you retrofitted for the business? How did that work? We had, we started out in a little shop that I had renovated before and finished off. And, you know, we started out with half of it, and the other half was my farm plus another barn. But quick, quickly, you know, Fibernew took over that, and we worked out of just there, and then, and then we seen we quickly were growing out of that space. So I had an old barn where I actually started raising the hogs and chickens in, and, uh, so we started converting it over. It had dirt floors, so we remodeled it, and we added another 1,200 foot onto it. So the, everything's completely finished now, air conditioned, heated. Uh, we are at about 3,000 square foot of a uh, shop. And it's full. Is that right? Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, and. Suzette, when you talked about buying leather hides and whatnot, do, do you guys always have stock on hand, or are you buying it like just in time, or what do you do for inventory levels? No. For, no? Yeah, it freaks you out at first when you think you buy two yards too much of vinyl. What am I going to do with it? That's how we were at first. Um, we have right. a, a rack that's probably six feet wide by nine or ten feet tall, and it's full of vinyl. Um, and then I've got a couple of other storage areas with leather, so we probably have 20 hides out there, whether it's automotive or just the leather that I buy from the aviation supplier. And there's probably 90 rolls of vinyl out there. Okay. Yeah, so we have and a very big inventory, and we usually try to keep the things that we know we use the most in stock and not run out because that's not good when my upholster's sitting there sewing and he doesn't have what he needs. And then right. i got to go yeah, 45 go minutes and find it. <laughs> of course, yeah. Yeah, it goes without saying that it just enables you to do jobs quicker. It's just right yeah. on hand. You don't have to think yeah. about it. It's right there, yeah. Okay, that's great. Um I want to see it someday. It oh, I'd like, love uh, for you too. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds great. Come in the summer when you can bring the family and enjoy the pool. Hit that pool. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. My boys would love that. Um, yeah, and, you know, that's part of our, our rec time is, is being able to get out there at a half a day on a Friday. And, you know, and then in the evening, all, you know, everybody knows that we're going to have, you know, the fire pit going and stuff like that. So, uh it's, it's enjoyable to be able to do that and have everything right here where we work and, you know, and our rec time, too. Uh, you've created your own little center of the universe. It, it sounds yep, great. Yeah, we've got a small yeah. pond, and we hope to get the grandkids out there and do some fishing this spring. Fantastic. Have a big fish fry. <laughs> we talked about um, all these different types of industries you work within and one that sticks out in my mind and that's based off photos that you posted was doing work for the Royals. 
Um, oh, yeah. That's got to be a memorable job for you. What, what was involved there? Um, we recovered, well, they thought we were going to repair these seats, <laughs> but the vinyl was wore out. So once we got them back to the shop, we said, no, we're going to need to recover these two seizures. So once the guy started stripping the vinyl, the wood was all rotted. Come to find out they bought seats for indoor venues, not outdoor venues, and the wood had rotted. So okay. some of them we had to immediately get some wood, cut new wood for it, you know, sew the pattern, staple them back on. And you've seen the picture with Ron and I um, in the midst of the blue seat yeah. and one That's red seat. That's mm-hmm. the honorary. Ron's going to have to tell you who that is. It's Buck O'Neill. He's, He's a famous, uh, back in the day, the Kansas City Monarchs. Okay. It, it was a big deal. It is. It still is a big deal. And uh, so Buck O'Neill was a pitcher for the Monarchs. And so they had so so they for people they honor a person for every home game for you know maybe something they contribute to uh, the city or you know uh, charitable or whatever uh, they let them sit in that seat and they get recognized at the game that they're sitting in the honorary Buck O'Neill seat so that was really cool <laughs> I bet so every time we see that on TV we uh, we see our seat. <laughs> that was us. We did that. That's that's great. That's yeah. right. Any other, yeah? Any any other memorable jobs like that that you guys can talk about? Early on, um, a lady called me and she had an old high school leather jacket. The long story short, her high school sweetheart and her parted ways, and 30 years later found each other and got married, and she has terminal cancer. <laughs> So she was going to take his high school leather jacket and have new sleeves put in it and put it in a showcase for him for Christmas. And that was just a very heartwarming, you know, it just broke my heart. (laughs) But we uh, sewed in new leather and dyed it to match, and she made a nice little Christmas present for him. That was really special to me. Wow. I bet. We just done so many. I can't, you know. If you looked at my quick pile of, of employee <laughs> uh, customers, it just goes on and on and on. I bet um, the Royals. The Royals was a, a neat. We're trying to get into the Chiefs Stadium. I don't know if we can get in there, but we're sure going to try. We're Chiefs fans. Well, you know, with the Royals, like last year, we had a, a bunch of work to do. We were dyeing uh, some of their suites and stuff, their chairs and. You know, and, and you're at the baseball stadium before the season starts, and you're watching how what it takes to put that stadium together to get ready for baseball season. So, you know, a lot of people don't get to see that. Yeah, it was the Frank White Lounge. Um, we even called on our fellow fibernator Lee, and got gave him some work to come and help us because it needed to be done in the deadline time. So there was five of us, four or five of us, working on that project. Up in the clubhouse, looking out the glass windows, it was kind of cool. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Were you able to get any comp tickets at all? Did they? Was there any uh, any of that involved, or we did one. was it straight? Yeah, we did one time. Okay. And they were real nice seats. They got real good seats. I mean, I don't know what they would have cost, 
you know, I have no idea, but yeah, they were they were really nice. Each. I love like Ron Kirk. Kirk, our son-in-law. The guys went, so that was good for them. <laughs> um, I think we're we're just about done, guys. But is there anything else that you'd like to talk about um, in your business or just Fiber New Business in general? Um, maybe common questions you hear from from fellow franchisees or any words of wisdom, I guess is kind of the pointed question. Um, you know, so it, it's kind of hard to pinpoint a question or something that somebody gets you, but you know, you, you know, the common question that sometimes you get, like how long did it take for you to start getting on your feet and things like that, I guess. You know, it, it takes a lot of hard work. That's what it takes. So it depends how much you put into it, how, and we overcame a whole lot of competition here. Uh, uh, not only do I have Dr. Vinyl, but I have Color Go, Color Creations, Touch of Color, and these are all major people that are doing work here in Kansas City. And you could easily uh, shut the door and walk away and said, you know, hey, there's just too much. It's just too much to overcome. But you know, what, Suzette and I uh, did not give up. We just kept. We, we stuck with it, and we figured out a niche. You know, we we couldn't get into maybe this market, but we found something else that worked. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think it takes finding your niche, finding what works in your area, what um, you're good at, too. I mean, there's there's so much more to just redying somebody's leather couch involved in this. And I feel like maybe our franchise is an example of to what degree you could take your business to because it's not the typical repairing tears and leather because if it was just that it wouldn't be anything of what it's grown to be just because we have the competition out there the small things um, are very divided between us and the other uh, competition, like Ron said, but it it is a lot of hard work. Um, you just have to keep asking for help and learn as much as you can from others that are willing to help you and um, keep your chin up and keep your faith, and God will provide. Very very powerful parting words. I think uh, I think we'll leave it at that. That's that's what I call ending on a high note. <laughs> and, uh, thank you. Wanna, Me too. <laughs> <laughs> want to thank you guys once again for for taking time out of your day, and uh, look forward to seeing you in uh, Toronto in a few months' time. Sounds good. And do come see okay. us if you ever can. That would be great. That too. We'll hit the pool. Absolutely. That, yeah, that's the fun. That's the fun time. Winter around here is just awful. Well, you know, you live in the cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, yeah. Jesse, thanks a lot. I hope I hope you thanks. got some good info to help others. Absolutely we did. Really appreciate right. it. Thank you so much. Okay. Mm -hmm. Take right. care. Bye-bye.